to the E-Commerce Australia podcast. Welcome to E-Commerce Australia. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, founder of Remarkable Digital. This podcast is aimed at those who have their own online business, e-commerce professionals looking to keep current on the trends, and for anyone interested in learning more about the world of e-com. For those of you seeking direct assistance, Remarkable Digital is just a call away. Our mission is to be remarkable, doing great things for great people and great businesses. I understand how much choice you have and how many podcasts are out there, so I'm truly grateful you've tuned in. Please let me know if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like covered. Let's get started. In this episode, we are joined by the co-founder of Humble Marketing, Adriana Bazzari. Adriana is one of the country's highest performers in the growth marketing space with a real passion for CX and email automation. I find many questions her way around platforms, emails and the current cut through in today's world, how to define goals to ensure you know what success looks like, current trends and brands that are worth following to see how they execute their automation and email strategies. Let's get started. Awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's great to have someone of your caliber on the show so early. So thanks for your time. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. To start with, I want to get straight into the why around email automation. So why should brands or why should all brands, in your opinion, have a, an email automation strategy? Yeah, sure thing. So, I mean, email and automation, it's one of those channels that's I mean, not so much right now, but it's always kind of been the forgotten the forgotten child. A lot of people kind of instantly go towards um, lead generation channels like Facebook ads and, and Google ads and all of that stuff. Email automation is a, a huge, important piece to any sort of digital marketing strategy because it's, it's helping brands build brand awareness, build credibility and create trust with, with their you know, their audience, you're basically using, you know, all your lead gen channels and even your website to generate leads and first party data. And so email and automation is the best way to kind of nurture those leads. So let's say you're paying $5 per lead on Facebook through through running ads. You can get the best kind of out of your marketing dollar from email and automation by continuing to nurture those leads through some sort of customized, personalized email funnel to then, you know, even though you've paid that $5 for that lead, you can get the most out of that $5 by continuing to kind of, you know, nurture them through some sort of journey and hopefully eventually convert them into a sale, whether that's now in six months or in 12 months down the track. It doesn't matter, but that's kind of the purpose of email and automation as a whole. Yeah, nice. And I guess one of the the comments that we get uh, when we're talking about email automation with our clients is, I already get enough emails. Do emails still work in this day and age? I'm sure that's a question that you get quite a bit. Is there a simple answer for that one? I mean, like there is. Unfortunately, there are a lot of brands out there who don't necessarily know the ins and outs of email marketing as much as what they could. So they kind of just go, all right, well, I'm just going to blast this email to my entire database of 15,000 people and happy days. And even though they'll get sales from that, they'll get good open rates and click-through rates, it's, it's absolutely not the answer. Spamming is a big no-no. Even just sending massive broadcasts like that, it's generally not recommended. The point of email marketing, I think I mentioned it just before, is personalization. So it's really important to be sending you know, relevant messages to your audience. So 
those emails aren't annoying people when they come into the inbox. They're actually interested and like have content in your email that is interesting and engaging. So people want to be clicking on it and reading it and, you know, continuing on and performing the action that you have, you want them to do within that email. So I think as long as you're being really strategic in that manner, there's, there's nothing wrong with it at all and it shouldn't frustrate people. Yeah, perfect. And it's a great segue into another question I had around, you know, the, the trends in, in that email automation piece. Would you say that that's sort of going now towards segmentation of, um, of your database as much as you can? Yeah, 100%. Segmentation is, is key. It's really, really important for every single brand out there. At the end of the day, segmentation comes in down to uh, the type of data that you're collecting. And that could be, you know, you could be progressively profiling your audience over, you know, a, a certain period of time and across certain channels. But the whole point is to, uh, is, is who, what, when, basically. You know, we need to be creating segmentation plans that are specific to your business or your brand and looking at your target audience as a whole and then breaking it down based on, you know, certain variables so whether that's geographic segmentation behavioral segmentation such as you know purchase behavior website behavior so when are they visiting your site what product pages are they visiting and how many times email engagement are they opening are they clicking are they you know clicking through to your site even down to like de- demographic data um, even psychographic data like life cycle life lifestyle preferences sorry you can actually get really granular and deep with that like understanding different audience motivations and interests and values and kind of do your marketing that way and you know through through life cycle stages it's it's really important to kind of keep that at the front and center of your email and automation strategy there's there's a lot of changes obviously happening in the digital marketing space but it's now also impacting email marketing so we you know, there's a move, there's a shift away, moving away from third party data to first party data. And so that's, you know, all these iOS changes and Google making changes means that we as mar- as email marketers moving forward um, may not necessarily be able to have accurate open rate data and also inferred location data. So a lot of email p- platforms will say, hey, this person is located in this general area kind of thing. And you can segment your audience based on that inferred data. But now that's kind of not going to be as visible to um, email marketers. So we, you know, we need to be focusing on segmentation and personalization and that who, what, when, because that's going to be the only strategy that kind of trumps all of these changes. And at the end of the day, it should be the main focus for sure. Yeah, awesome. That's great. And I love that who, what, when, you know, as a, a bit of a takeaway. So are you saying for anyone, any of the listeners that are, are listening to this podcast, who, what, when in terms of is that what they need to be kind of thinking of when it when it comes to email marketing? Yeah, definitely, 100%. <laughs> how, how is the who, how would you break down those three words then? So the who is like, you know, the who, who are you sending the email to or yeah, the list or the, yeah. the products that they... Exactly. So who was mostly based around your audience segment um, and, you know, how granular or deep you decide to get with that is obviously up to you as a brand. But, you know, the who is, who are you sending your emails to? What are you sending them? Is the content relevant to that audience or that audience segment? And when? So are you sending them a campaign at 7 a.m. in the morning? Are you sending them, um, you know, three campaigns over the space of one week? You've got to kind of decide, you know, what's the cadence of your email sends? 
Um, and, you know, yeah. that's all that all comes down to testing as well. At the end of the day, you might not have the golden egg solution. But yeah, again, like with anything in digital marketing, testing and learning is, is key to that. But yes, who, what, when is kind of like what a general kind of general rule of thumb to help you um, with your audience segmentation and, and email marketing in general, for sure. Yeah, awesome. And in terms of like platforms, I know there's quite a few platforms out there, Clavio, MailChimp, the Active Campaign. Is there, is it, do you recommend one over the other or or how do you sort of know which one to start with? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's one of those, it's quite a big question and there's a few different moving parts in there. All of those platforms you mentioned are excellent for their own reasons. Active campaign might suit one business, but might be completely inappropriate for another business. It doesn't mean it's a bad platform. It means that it's just not the right platform. So I think when it comes to, and this is one of the biggest questions that I get is like, how do you choose your email marketing platform? Like there's so much out there. People get very like confused and lost in that and which is completely fair enough because there is so much information out there. So I guess my tips and like my guide for that is to have your strategy for email and um, automation already mapped out and agreed upon with key stakeholders within the business. I usually like to use tools like Miro to visually map out things. So I basically, okay. you know, figure out all the lead entry points, where could my potential leads be coming from, and basically mapping out the different buying stages and, and figuring out, okay, at what point do I then need to communicate with that person at that at what stage and what am I trying to um, actually say to them, what message am I trying to convey to them? So if you've got that that strategy kind of mapped out, that's going to, to help guide your decision-making when you're selecting the appropriate pr- platform for your business. Obviously, if you're an e-commerce brand and you're looking for, to start email marketing, e-commerce functionality is a must. And it's important to understand that not all email platforms have, actually have e-commerce functionality. So there's, there's some platforms that you'll find and you'll come across that are better suited to service-based businesses and they might have like an inbuilt CRM um, within there and you might be an e-commerce business that just sells products. You don't need that. So you can yeah. go with another solution which is, you know, tailored specifically towards e-commerce. So Clavio, for example, is one of the market leaders in e-commerce and they, you know, it's an email marketing solution. They, uh, they've specifically niched themselves in the e-commerce area. So if you're a service-based business, you're not going to go and use Clavio. But if you yeah. wanted to, you know, use something like if you are service-based and you wanted to use Active Campaign, that might be a better fit for you. And, you know, Active Campaign, HubSpot, there are ones that are suited to both. So they'll have that service kind of element and then also the e-commerce element as well. I think just when, when selecting, it's important to, to kind of break it down a bit. Um, in terms of what you're looking for. So based on the strategy, like I was mentioning earlier, it's also important to to kind of figure out what sort of functionality you need. Um, what what does it need to integrate with? That's another really important one. So, um, you know, will it integrate with your website? Will it pull in all your products and product images into the e-commerce, into the email platform? That's a really important one. Customer support functionality, that's a really big one as well. Especially if you're starting out with email marketing and you're wanting to do it yourself. There's, you know, some of the the leading um, email platforms have really, really good dedicated support systems and teams in place so that at any point you can literally just, you're building a workflow or something or an email and you're like, how do I do that? There's a chatbot in the corner that can assist you at any point. That's that's an amazing yeah, function and 
something that shouldn't yeah. be overlooked. I think that's always, yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah. If in terms of like um, automation in specific, uh, in particular, sorry, that's another one to look at. So some platforms won't have as, as much robust functionality in terms of the automation side of things. So you might not be able okay. to trigger off abandoned cart workflows, for example, or you might only be able to do very basic automation. There's other platforms that have automation functionality, but they make you pay a lot more <laughs> to be able to access yeah. that. You don't want that if you're just starting out. You want something that's kind of an, a, a whole solution, so you don't have to keep <laughs> keep you know paying all yeah. this money for stuff that you you know you don't know how to use properly yet. And then I think the other thing is um, to ensure that it's scalable. So making sure that you can grow with the platform. There's um, a good example of this is Clavio. So they most most platforms they'll charge based on how many contacts you have in your database. Um, Clavio charges on the amount of emails you send, which is a really really good way to do it because let's say you only want to send 500 emails one month, and then the next month you need to ramp things up and send 3,000. You can change your subscription level based on whatever you need to do for that month or quarter or whatever it might be for your business. So you can grow and scale with the platform itself and you avoid then having to migrate off to a bigger, more robust platform in the future, which can be very costly, very, very time consuming as well. Um, And something, you know, that's not very fun. (laughs) Having to organize and clean up all your data and then migrate it across to something. So yeah, something something that's scalable and, and that fits within your budget too. So that's kind of like my yeah my kind of go to points when I'm trying to select a platform. Okay, yeah, awesome. And so say um, it's a good point you raise here in terms of when you're starting out to actually know what it is that you're trying to achieve. So for for the the listeners out there that are perhaps just started an e-commerce business, how would they go about? defining those goals let's let's say if i'll give you an, an example maybe like a a watch company right they're, they're selling watches they're you know they're, they're doing sort of 20 30 sales a month how would they start to um, shape their database and their edm for automation and then to to continue to kind of retarget remarket to them so um i think a good starting point as i mentioned before is to kind of visually map everything out and look at all of your lead acquisition points so have you got a pop-up on your website are you running any facebook ads have you got seo um, running in the background you know all of those sorts of things they're basically your entry points for different types of leads you based on the ad the lead might be you know just you know sort of a coldish lead they download like an ebook they might be a bit warmer so you know the type where they are in the the life cycle stage might vary based on what ad or what channel they've actually come from based on that you can then think about okay so this contact, uh, this lead has just come through via an ad and clicked through a button and have, you know, they've viewed content on my website, but they haven't done anything else. They're not necessarily a warm lead, but they're still great to communicate with. So what kind of information do you want to be sending them? It's probably going to be more educational, more about positioning your brand and why you are different from other watch companies out there in the market. And what are your unique selling points? And then if you've got someone who's downloaded a, a ebook on, I don't know what it could be in, the, in this watch example, yeah. but let's say yeah. they've downloaded luxury watches e- or something, yeah, something yeah. like that. Let's say they've downloaded some sort of ebook. Um, they're a lot warmer than someone who's just viewed something, the content on your site. They're actually asking you for information. So you might want to be then sending them some social proof. 
to try and convince them to get over the line and come back to the website and purchase. So sending them testimonials or, you know, um, even video content, like branded video content works really well in that case. So it's really, as I was saying before, personalization is absolutely key. Who, what, when. So think yep. about who you're trying to market to, what you're trying to say to them and when you want to say that to them. And you can't really go wrong if you just make sure that you map everything out like that. In terms of acquiring that that initial email, um, there are, I see that there's some websites that will, you know, sign up and get 10% discount. There are other plugins that you can spin the wheel and get a different price. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of websites or or, or brands that do like that sort of two two stage authentication, so you really know that you're opted in. Yeah. Do you have a an opinion on which way to sort of go? Is it is it try and get them a sneaky way, but try and get a more subtle email address, or, or do you really think that that two factor authentication and the or the the buying in of having to go through a couple of steps is better for long term success? I think the the one thing that I would make sure is to be clear with the potential lead as to why you want to collect their information. Consent, consent is key, especially in this day and age with all these shifts in our um, in our marketing landscape. Consent is 100% key. So be transparent, be human about it. Don't try and be sneaky and, and grab email addresses. Like I think that's, that's kind of the key thing. If you want to use, you know, those spinny wheel things, I think they're slightly gimmicky. But if you want to go down that route, 100% <laughs> do that if it works. Just look at your results, like yep. look at your data if and make sure it's working. Otherwise, you know, you're wasting your money. So that's definitely important to consider. I think having a, a pop-up on your website is a really good is a really good thing to do. That works really well. Whether you want to incentivize that or not is completely up to you as a business. I think a lot of businesses think that they have to offer 10% off your first purchase or something along those lines to be able to get these leads coming through. At the end of the day, in my opinion, it's about quality over quantity. If somebody doesn't want to sign up to your website, they don't want to. It's no point in you, you know, force trying to force them into it. They're going to unsubscribe yep. anyway down the track. So yep. I think it's important to kind of keep that quality over quantity kind of mindset in this situation. You know, and even if you do want to incentivize, you don't have to do 10% off your first order. You could run a monthly or a quarterly competition, you know, and ask them if you sign up, you, you'll be in the draw to win this or sign up in the month of August and get a free, you know, a little add-on with your order, something along those lines. All of those things work really well. Um, and also, you know, if you don't want to do that, just make sure you've got really compelling content in your emails. Be clear with the yeah. people who you want to sign up. Say, we're not going to spam you but we have really cool content that we're going to be sending you. You're going to want to see this kind of thing. Yeah. Establish that like yeah. kind of fear of missing out sort of thing and make them want to actually sign up because they want to, not because you're forcing them. So I think yeah. keeping that in mind is, is definitely key. Okay, awesome. And then in terms of, say, uh, the pop-up, say we go with the pop-up option and they fill in their details and it's quite a generic form, how then do we segment them so it's or, kind of, or is that a segment in itself? It is a segment in, in itself for sure. So that, that's a segment of like, you know, you might want to only send emails to people who new subscribers from the last 30 days. That's quite a warm audience. Like that's a good audience to be going out to. And then you can kind of gauge yep. the quality of that audience as well because if you're sending this audience email campaigns and they're not opening them, 
then there's something wrong with the quality of your data and you need to revisit your pop-up or you need to revisit your lead acquisition channels to try and identify where that quality is dropping off. But yeah, that's that's obviously like a, an important one. Yeah. Yeah. And you can <laughs> automate that, right? So you would say, you know, if a new subscriber, you would then, um, if you were if you were looking after the, the campaign, um, you would have an automation uh, sequence of that first 30 days. So they might receive two emails or whatever yeah. that sequence is. And then you just test the results as to how, how often you send it and the content. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So you might um, enter them into some sort of welcome series or some sort of email nurture series, which will be, you know, obviously explaining who you are as a brand and what you offer um, and how you can provide value into this prospect's life. That's that's a really important part of it. And keeping in mind down the track, if these people convert, they're going to be potentially buying something from your website, which is a form of progressive profiling. So let's say you just have email and first name to begin. And then you send them through a really amazing welcome sequence that's, you know, very fitted for that audience. And then a month later, they convert into a paying customer. You then have their their phone number. Then you then have their surname. You have additional details about them that you didn't have before. And, you know, those that audience, like people who have shopped with you before or who are previous customers, they are so important. And people always forget about the post-purchase phase of, of the business and, you know, the how to get the most out of your existing customer base. That's definitely something that works really well with email marketing because it, it's going to, you know, making your marketing dollar go further, firstly. It's also people who you're not educating them about your brand, you're entertaining them. So the whole point then is to try and like spark interest again and get them to come back and buy more. It's going to cost you less than generating new leads and you're going to increase your customer lifetime value in the, in the at the same time so it's a win-win yeah perfect and that's why you know i felt like email automation was so important and to get an expert on such as yourself to the podcast because i still feel like even out there it's it's underutilized i'm sure you probably agree that that, that that is the case we, we're always looking at new and shiny and new leads and new customers where if you actually just set up your sequencing and your your automation and your emails correctly and your engagement and communication then you're going to get a lot more from people that have already purchased from you you would assume yeah exactly right you've hit the nail there it's like what's all about what strategies can businesses put in place to help grow their database have you got any of your or your current clients that you work with or any sort of examples that you've seen work really well in the past? Yeah, so it's a bit of a, like, remembering that email marketing is not a channel to generate new leads, but it is a channel where you whereby you communicate with existing first-party data that you've already kind of generated via other channels. So as we are talking about before, like pop-ups work really well on websites. Even just having forms placed strategically on your site is also another good, you know, way to get your own first party data through. Talking specifically about pop-ups, you can choose to have most most email marketing platforms have a native form builder. That's another thing to also keep in mind when selecting a platform. Okay. It it makes things a lot easier if you've got if it's got a native form builder that's, you know, nice and actually customizable so you can um, you know, customize all the colors to be on brand and everything so yeah that's you know having having that pop up there is is a really you you know the conversion rates can obviously vary based on whether what type of business you are what industry if you're offering incentive or not and you can choose to have it either appear as soon as somebody hits the site 
if they've been on the site after 20 seconds, if they've scrolled 20% of the site, then it appears. Or you can even have it appear on exit so that when someone's looking around your site, if you don't want to just smash them with a pop-up straight away, when they go to X out of the, the tab, then you can make one appear then. And it kind of is like a bit of like a last offer to try and get them signed up. So there's a few different ways That's you right. can kind of do that. I think the best use of email marketing, however, is to make sure that it just aligns with all your other channels. So whether you're running ads or whether you're just running organic content on your Instagram account, or your Facebook account, just make sure that you've got alignment there within that. So what I mean by that is that the content that you're posting matches the content that you're sending out in emails. So let's say you're sending out your, you know, sending out email campaigns to a certain audience segment. How can you leverage your existing organic social strategy or Facebook strategy to be able to, you know, communicate that same message with, with your audience that you've already got existing in your database? I think that's a really key thing as well. But in terms of like that abandoned cart strategy is something that always interests me. So new customers have come on board, um, they're just about to purchase, they abandon their cart. How do we? How do you set up an email automation piece around the abandoned cart step strategies if they are a new customer? Is there a way to do that? So a lot of, so it depends what website or e-commerce platform you're using as a business. So um, there are some, so for example, Shopify does this really well where they've kind of got a few steps in their checkout process so step one is fill out your information. Step two is where you can see it, it kind of does it, pulls in all the shipping costs and everything like that. So a lot of the time people want to fill out their data, their, the form just so that they can see how much it's going to come, in, come up to in terms of shipping. That Shopify and Klaviyo work really well together in terms of like you can market to people from partial form fills. So someone's only filled out their name and their email address. We can capture that data even if they don't submit the form. So we can get that data and then start email marketing to them. So we might be like, hey, you forgot something in your cart, check out now, blah, 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 all that sort of nice stuff based on just the partial form fill. Some other platforms, it does require people to actually go through and, and fully put all their information in or sign up. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a grey area in ways and I'm sure, you know, I actually have a feeling in the future that won't be the case where you're able to do that <laughs> through through email marketing. But for now, it is a thing. So, um, you know, utilise it where you can. Okay. Yeah, great. It's always good to know. In terms of brands that uh, that you follow or you work with or that you kind of look, look at from afar and think they're doing a really good job and anyone that our listeners can jump on and kind of experience that as well do you know it do you have any sort of favorite brands that are doing really well in that email automation space um yeah like there's there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in the space if you if you you know do your research and sign up to things i've got an email address that specifically (laughs) like i use for signing up to different businesses so i can stalk their strategies (laughs) yeah which you know if you want to do that if you're doing research seriously do that it's i know it's a bit you know whatever but I find I get really good information from it. One company that does their, well, they do their customer experience in general really well is Pet Barn. They have a really good, a really amazing use of both email and SMS. We haven't touched on SMS yet, but 
They have a really cool integrated strategy with both email and SMS. Their segmentation is really on point. So if you've shopped at a specific pet barn, you know, and you're existing in their database, they kind of group you in the category of like, okay, so that person has been to that pet barn this many times. We can safely assume that's the closest location to them. So for example, in Queensland here, when, you know, lockdown hits, they send you a text message saying, hey, don't worry, we're still open throughout lockdown come to blah, blah store and, you know, get all your pet needs. So that's a really great example of um, using SMS within a strategy. They also have really cool compelling campaigns and, and sales that they do through their campaigns. Just the way that they've designed and laid out their emails is really clear. It's really to the point and it's really on brand. It's, it's, it basically looks like you're on their website but in an email and that's exactly how an email should look. So, yeah, from that standpoint, Pet Barn, do, are doing that awesome. Mecca Cosmetics also have really good email campaigns too, kind of a similar thing with just really compelling content, really great kind of incentives and sales that they have on offer and really good contact content that they syndicate through email. So they have like a, a blog-heavy strategy. So they use those blog posts within their emails to then kind of make, you know, more people come to that blog post or, you know, educate more a wider audience who may not necessarily be going to their blog and all that sort of stuff. So they do it really well. And then another, there's a, another couple of brands out there who do like same day kind of gift delivery. So there's one called Lovely, I think in Melbourne, there's one called Hello Bloom. Hello Blooms, I think they're based in Melbourne as well. They have really good in um, user experiences too. And, you know, went really good email strategy. So as soon as you purchase, they'll send you an email saying, thanks, here's your order. You should expect it at this time. Then they'll send you another email being like, hey, it's been picked up, track your driver kind of thing. And then, hey, it's been delivered, break your experience. So that's kind of stuff that you should be seeing. And if you're wanting to be competitive in, in the email and automation space, um, you should be looking at these brands and what they're doing because they're going pretty deep and they're getting pretty granular with how they actually map out these customer experiences. And it's really good. It works really well. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for um, providing some of those brands as well. Like I'm definitely going to um, jump on and follow them. I don't have a pet, so that might be yeah. a bit weird, but um, <laughs> I'll definitely follow some of the others. So, And, and I think too that that kind of um, brings up a really good point around standards and expectations because as email automation and you know getting granular and segmentation around the different strategies I guess as we start to use those brands, we become, we expect that all brands should start to behave like that. I know um, I've made some mm-hmm. purchases recently. Obviously, we're in lockdown, you know, a fair bit of the time, and you make some purchases online and you don't hear anything for five, six days. And, and yeah. you think less of the brand because I'm just, I don't know what's happening with it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's just, they lose credibility because you're just, uh, you as a customer is like, what's going on? Have they even received my order? Like that's worrying. Yeah, yeah, and they're probably thinking they're doing a, not a bad job, but because of some of the other brands have really leveled up, then it's really up to them to level up to meet the the you know the, the increased expectation of the consumer. That's exactly right, and that's why yeah, it is important to research this and keep your finger on the pulse, especially if you are wanting to be competitive in the e-commerce space. This is one email and automation is one hundred percent something you need to consider. Because it's going to take your brand and customer experience from here to here instantly. Well, not instantly, but <laughs> with, a, with a bit of work. Um, but, <laughs> but 
but you know what I mean. It's going to be so beneficial and valuable. It's it's a it's a long term thing. Like you're not just putting an ad out and there you go. You're building an infrastructure for your business and integrating it within your business, with your existing business systems, with your existing technology stack to ensure that you're providing the most efficiency internally and also the best kind of customer experience from an external standpoint what are you seeing out there at the moment with you know you're in that you're in that that space day to day what are you seeing as a trend for 2021 or going forward or, or what do you think where do you think that automation is going next i think that sms is going to start playing an even more pivotal role in email marketing in general so yep. sms is it's a direct channel that can be extremely effective, particularly when integrated with with email marketing. It's they work hand in hand really, really well. And I've noticed obviously SMS marketing is an old thing, as is email marketing, but it's kind of one of those things that's less used and it's kind of been a little bit forgotten. It's coming back in a big way. Um, and I've seen some really cool integrated strategies that use both email and SMS. I've, I've kind of touched on it. But when you when you look at the stats, it's pretty amazing. So like every single day, there's 15.2 million text messages sent every minute worldwide. Like that's a wow. lot of SMSs. That is huge. And SMSs, like they can gain read rates of up to 97%, I think it is, um, within 15 minutes of the SMS wow. being delivered. Compare that with like a 25% open rate over a seven-day attribution period for an email. Like that is incredible. So it's definitely a, an area that's going to be used more in the email marketing space. If you're considering going using SMS or trialing it with your audience, just be strategic about where you use it. For example, SMSs have really good response rates when sending out a survey. Emails, it's hard to get response rates with surveys. It really is, unless you're incentivizing it, which is a bit yep. like dodgy. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, response rates for surveys, like that's an ex- if somebody's purchased something, send them an SMS afterwards and say, hey, how was your experience? Can you either text us back with a, a rating number or click this link to fill out a survey? Something like that works really, really well. Even with abandoned carts, like if you have, if somebody checked, doesn't complete their checkout, you can send them one email and then maybe two days later, send them an SMS instead of an email to try and see what happens there. And, you know, obviously look at your data, see what's working and what isn't and make your decisions based on there. But yeah, and, and just keep in mind that when you are, uh, when people are signing up on your website, your website, just ask them, say, hey, would you like to opt into email or SMS or both and and kind of go from there. But make sure that they're, they're opted in and you're not just blasting text messages to them because yeah. you're just going to get bad, bad reviews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a brilliant point you make. Like, I, I would open, I mean, I open every text message that comes through because it's generally from a, from a mate or, you know, something that you need to sort of read. So, um, you know, mm. I think, yeah, text is definitely something that is under underutilized as well. Yeah, for sure. Email and automation is, it, it can, it's not just for e-commerce businesses. If you are a service-based yep. business or both, email and automation, is it's another entire world. Like it's so amazing what you can do, especially if you have a sales team who are working leads you know then the whole sales automation thing and maybe we can have another chat about this down the track but sales automation in itself is like another kettle of fish and that's really cool the type of stuff that you can do in there to help to help enable sales teams to sell more and also to get better marketing and sales alignment 
there's so many things that you can be doing in terms of automating your different the pipeline and the, your different deal stages and you know your different leads and having automated follow-ups and tasks set for your sales t- staff and there's really so much you can do and automate you know bookings and you know calendar reminders all that sort of stuff so yeah, yeah. I think that's important to keep in mind as well like if you're an e-commerce business what we've chatted about today is 100% relevant and if you're a service-based business there's a lot more, a lot more that can be kind of researched and looked into that could help. Someone's listening. All, all these millions of listeners are going to be listening to this podcast, <laughs> and they're very impressed. They know they've got an issue with email marketing. How do they? How do they get in touch with yourself to um, to to maybe chat further or to get some further advice or to work with you? Yeah, sure. So just find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Adriana Bizarri out there. It's not hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> just hit me up, send me a message. I'm happy to help or answer any questions at all. Yeah, that's probably the best way. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll put your contact details or your, your LinkedIn in the in the show notes. But, yeah, look, thanks again for, for jumping on board and, um, and no giving our listeners some really good insights into what is a really interesting and, and underutilized area. Yeah, no worries. I'm glad I was able to speak about it. My favorite topic in the world. (laughs) 